0: Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is actor Angela Serafian, who you best know from the HBO series Westworld, in which she plays the host, Clementine Pennyfeather. She has appeared in numerous shows, including American Horror Story, Blue Bloods, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as well as films like The Immigrant and The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 2. Angela's latest project is the comedy horror film King Knight. She plays the role of Willow, a witch who is also a registered nurse. Willow's partner is a high priest in a modern day coven of witches who is on a journey to find himself. My time with Angela was short and sweet, but I found her to be charming, introspective, and mesmerizing. I mean, wait until you hear her describe wearing a Kristen Siriano dress. This interview was recorded in August over the internet with Angela in L.A. and myself in South Carolina. So please forgive any audio weirdness. I want to jump right in with King Knight, which I just finished watching. Yeah. And um, so King Knight opens with this animation and there's a voiceover. And at some point in the voiceover, it says, For sometimes the most beautiful flowers grow in the biggest piles of shit and then it cuts to you and you're kissing a guy and we later find out this guy's a witch and -hmm. you guys are in all these different locations and I'm like that very much encapsulates like the style and tone of this movie but how would you describe what King Knight is about?
1: I think King Knight is a great farce that's about a group of people that would traditionally be identified as bad, and you really see that this group of people are not so bad. There's a, there's there's something different about them and unique, and they all have different lines of work, but they come together as this coven, a bunch of witches, who, I think the theme of the movie really is about self discovery. It's about a person wanting to be their full self with who they are in their past and who they are in their present. And you see Thorne, my husband in the film, the the priest, um, the high priest, that he has been hiding his past. So he has to kind of come to some kind of growth and go through a process to really embrace who he he actually is.
0: That's a great way of describing it. And I I think that's interesting because I look at stuff that we're talking about, like maybe even 10 or 15 years ago you know, maybe the word nerd would be used or geek and that kind of audience and uh, has become more of an empowering word and more of a, uh, um, this is who people are. And I, I saw a lot of that in this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it seems like very timely too, doesn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know. At least with my own life, I'm, I'm kind of going through a process that Thorn has gone through, which is really looking at who I was, how I've lived the last five years, six years, 10 years of my life, and that I need to grow, that I want to grow, and that I want to find myself again. And and not find myself again, but really, if I've been looking at the world with broken glasses, like broken, tainted glasses, if I, put, if I change the lens and I can see a bit more clearly, what will I see? What will I be attracted to? How will I conduct my life? And Well, I love myself, you know, appreciate who I am.
0: Um, What are some parts of your life that you're exploring that with besides the excellent metaphor there?
1: I don't know. I think this past year has been really, um, uh, well, for all of us, I think a crazy year because we've never been through anything like this as human beings on this planet necessarily. I mean, yes, in the past, but not this present generation hasn't gone through anything like this. And Um. There was a really interesting moment where I got to be alone with, with, with kind of letting go of all of these ways that we get to identify who we are, the relationship that we have, husband, wife, daughter, son, student, you know, actor, whatever, whatever those things are, I kind of let go of those things and went, how am I living my life? Who am I letting into my life? Why why are the things that are kind of happening, happening as they are? And I think I was very lucky because I got to go to New York for, for the fall of last year and, and, and really explore those things on my own kind of away Cause I live in Los Angeles away from this reality.
0: Do you like, do you like what you found during that time in New York? You're the person you're finding.
1: Yes. Now, <laughs> now I do. I mean, I think it didn't stop there, but when I was in New York city, it, open the door to kind of unraveling the things, the ways that I was living my life that weren't helping me, that were subconscious kind of reactions to the world. For a long time, I was living in response to not feeling any kind of sadness or pain. So that would mean I love chocolate. So eating a lot of chocolate. That would be, you know, hanging out with my friends all the time and, and going and having a cup of coffee here and going to see this movie and going to have a dinner. And it's just things that had become so inconsequential and to start to value my space and my boundaries and go, what am I really doing? Where do I want to go with my life? So.
0: I would ask you for we should go get a cup of coffee because I feel like I've been going through the same things, but that actually might not fit into what you just said. <laughs> no, but I, it is a time for reflection and self, and I, I find myself going through a lot of that too. Like, like who I'm spending time with, how I'm spending time, and I think there's the um, that play "Angels in America" by Tony Kushner, and the yeah. character Roy Cohn has this magnificent monologue about labels, and because he's diagnosed with having HIV/AIDS, and he's like, "I don't have AIDS," like this kind of person has this, like I have uh, the access to the president on my phone, you know, like that's the kind of label I get. And I think it's just, we put labels on each other, but also on ourselves a lot of the time. And sometimes the label yes. that maybe our parents wanted for us,
1: <laughs> and yeah. sometimes the
0: label that we want.
1: I love that. I love what you're saying so much, because it is about those labels that we're talking about, like these false labels, even that, you know, if you are, I have connection to the president, how could I how could I have AIDS? And, and mm-hmm. it's not to say that you should have AIDS. It's not. It's not about any of that. It's just to say that maybe we're none of those things.
0: Well, and I think what's interesting is in King Knight that is explored in a very I want to say ridiculous way. It's <laughs> grounded, but it's so. It reminds me a lot of um, the vibe. Reminded me a lot of Arrested Development, the TV show, and oh, yeah. which is excellent. Um, and I have to say, like, I've seen you in a variety of things, but you are so good at very bone dry humor. I had no idea you had to side. What was it? What attracted you to this role of playing Willow and the film?
1: So I was actually in the midst of, um, for fittings for season three of Westworld. And I got the script only a week prior to, to filming. So I came in kind of late into the game. And I usually know within the first two, three pages, two to five, pa- like, one to five pages that I know that I like something. So I read the first few pages and I started to laugh and I thought, Oh, this is really interesting. I don't know this style of writing. I don't know this humor. And I tend to be a uh, very, um, in my life, I would do things and people laugh and not because I'm trying to be funny, but because <laughs> it's just straight. Like it's, it's, it's sort of like that. And so I, I really thought that, to that. <laughs> really served this, 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 uh, this film to keep it straight, to, to, to play the truth. And the humor kind of comes out. And I love that.
0: When you find out you're playing a character named Willow, who's a witch, but also a registered nurse. <laughs> How yeah. do you, I mean, this is the description. Alone is very funny. Like, what do you do to prepare for that? Or are you just like, I'm just going to jump in and see what happens?
1: Well, in this case, like I, I, I had like very, very, very little time. So I was kind of jumping in, finding my way and, um
0: and and
1: and trusting it trusting the process because i I really think ricky and matthew both are wonderful like um like they they really reflect back what is working like i trust ricky when when he's looking on the camera and going okay i think this is yes that's the that's the direction so he's a really smooth director he brought i don't know have you ever talked to ricky he's got such great energy he's such a as He always says your old pal, Ricky. I mean, he's, he's a young guy, but he talks like he's 60, but he's got so much energy and so much love and positivity. And it was, it was intoxicating. So we kind of went with that ride, followed that lead and followed his direction. It was a lot of fun to do. And it was just a very fulfilling experience for me.
0: Um, I want to ask you, but there's a scene later in the film, um, it's kind of like a scene that's like broken up a little bit, and uh, for uh, your character Willow is leading a vote um, amongst the other members of the Coven, and there's a couple things in that scene. One, you have this great line where it's like, this is a witch hunt disguised as a democracy, and then <laughs> we cut back and there's a discussion about uh, Julia Bonet's uh, butt. Um, what was filming that scene like and how do you handle all these ridiculous moments? Are you guys just like cracking up as soon as the cameras stop?
1: I took it very seriously. I never, I I don't remember. I think maybe at one point we might've laughed, but I took everything, like all of those lines, I kind of did it like it's Shakespearean. I don't know. I was just going, not all of them. There's something about poop and then also blowing out the candle. And I thought that, (laughs) Really need to, really need to commit to all of this because some of it is so stupid. Like Juliette Binoche also poops. Like we all poop. Like the whole idea is that we're all human, essentially. <laughs> but the poo in the butt is so ridiculous. I don't know. I, I was always laughing when Johnny Pemberton and Josh Badum said anything. I was just like, oh. There's that one scene, you know, the scene where they're they're coming as a couple and I ask him to draw what his ex looks like Oh yeah. (laughs) he drew a girl with long hair and I was like trying not to laugh it was so fun he was just so funny they were funny really fun people
0: well and that leads me to my next question like for someone who has no idea about this film um what would your pitch be for them to go see it like oh you should know this you're gonna love this or what would your pitch be
1: you know, after a crazy year, you want to go have a great time? You want to go and laugh and have a good time and not? It's its not what you're going to expect. It's just going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, I hope, and inspire you to really be yourself. I don't know. I, Oh, God, it's a terrible pitch. I don't
0: know. No, that's I'm a saying. great pitch. I think I'd go see that movie. Yeah.
1: How, how would you do it? You do
0: it. I don't know. I, I have, I'm like a comparative person, so I'm like it, – it's kind of like um, – like uh, um, that vampire film that they have the show of where it's like... Uh, the, uh, what We
1: Do in the Shadows. Yeah, What We
0: Do in the Shadows but with witches but it's like Arrested Development but it's also about self-exploration and it kind of comes to a good point at the end.
1: I love that. See, I'd go see that. All right, let's do that one. Should I... All right, cool. I...
0: There we go. Yeah, I'll just okay. sign my little NDA or whatever I have to do. <laughs> I think
1: that was a great one, Patrick. So Angela, it's a cross you. between What We Do in the Shadows, Arrested Development but with with... with Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Witches.
0: The name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. So Angela, what are you currently obsessed about?
1: Okay, so there's a show. I was talking about this before. It's a show called The Movies That Made Us. Did you ever see it? Yes,
0: yeah, the Netflix thing.
1: The Netflix thing, yes. I love this so much because I love movies. I love doing what I do. And I love watching the process it takes from the minute that the idea comes to the writing of the script, to the studio, to pre-production, everyone involved. It's so, I'm kind of obsessed with that show right now.
0: Is there one particular like movie or like the telling of that you were like, oh, I've always wanted to know this.
1: You know which one? Initially it was Pretty Woman because it it the, 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 the man the gentleman who wrote it lived down the street from where I grew up so just to hear that he lived there and he was talking about the prostitutes all the stuff so that so I grew up in Hollywood so that was really amazing to hear that one was special I love Forrest Gump I love Jurassic Park um, I loved hearing all the special effects people and everything they were doing even when they were told not to and they still went forward. <laughs> So that's my obsession. Also chocolate.
0: You were talking about like how much you like chocolate or going out for coffee and like uh, (laughs) things like that, right? It's like a little bit's probably good for you, right? But like too much of one thing is never good for you, I think.
1: I used to have five bars of chocolate in my bag at all times. Yes. And I've developed an allergy. I have literally developed an (laughs) allergy. Your body's
0: like, stop. (laughs)
1: Stop. Literally had to stop. So I stopped eating chocolate for the last two, three, two weeks.
0: How are you doing?
1: It's not easy. It's not easy. It's really hard. It's hard, but have like I, I'll give myself like a little bit on the weekend. And you know what? After the two weeks, I don't feel that I want as it as much.
0: That's Especially good. That's it's impressive. Nice. And we're we're trying to bring the chocolate down from obsession to just a uh, occasional friend. You know, occasional
1: nice little bite. Yeah, nice to see you once a week, maybe twice a week, maybe five days a week to
0: five times a week. <laughs> Um, so we usually send cho- a basket of chocolates to our guests afterwards as a thank you. We, we just won't do that with you.
1: No, so no, <gasps> no. We don't do that. We don't
0: have any kind of budget like
1: that. I really think that you should. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> playing tricks on me, Patrick. Terrible. I
0: am. I'm horrible. Um, I did want to ask. You mentioned growing up in Hollywood and how you're, you just love being in movies and stuff, which I really get that vibe from other interviews you've done. But your father was an actor. Your mom, um, a painter. Um, yeah. were they the kind of parents who championed you going into the arts or they were like, no, be a lawyer, be an accountant like where they wanted you not to go in the arts.
1: So my dad, yeah, he was an actor in Armenia and he did want me to be a doctor, you know, in theory, my mom's a painter, but they were very supportive. My, my mom especially was like, you have to go after your dreams. And she encouraged that from a very young age. So she would expose me to all kinds of different worlds of, uh, of arts, like including painting, like. Um, playing the piano and dancing and being on stage and opera and, and everything and, and, in sports too. So I was kind of opening the doors to what really was the thing. And I chose acting and my mom was so supportive of that. And, and then so was my
0: dad. So. That's so great. And then That's, you mentioned, so like, it is great to have parents who support you no matter what, but it's also yeah. great that you seem to have done uh, pretty, pretty good there with your Living Uh-oh. as an actor. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks. It's still,
1: I'm still in the process.
0: I say we're not done yet. You're like, yeah, don't. I'm not done yet. Um, not but...
1: not done yet. No, no, no. It's just starting. It's just beginning.
0: After doing um, this particular film, is there other comedies? You're like, maybe I should do more of this.
1: Yes, uh, I would love to. I would love to do comedies. I. It all just depends on the story, the script, the style. I. It always goes back to the story. If I read the script and I'm like. I love this. I'm in, you know, if there's something that really pulls me and I know I could offer something to this role, to this entire world, then I, I will definitely be in. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Angela, let's play pick one. i gonna give you a couple options. You pick one. The first is white hat or black hat. Pick one.
1: What would? Oh God! Black hat.
0: Uh, pick one. Um, J.C. Penney's dress or a Christian Serrano dress.
1: Christian Serrano dress.
0: Serrano. I don't even know how to say it. My producer told me, "Ask you. What's it like to wear a Serrano, a uh, Siriano gown?"
1: Oh my God! That Christian Serrano gown. I I wore one to the Emmys. It was magic. Just absolutely felt like I had the stars on my body.
0: And then obviously so many of us know you and love you for the role of Clementine, Pennyfeather and Westworld. Um, when you were like first cast for the show called Westworld, what did you think of the character? And then how has that perception changed over the three seasons?
1: Um, I, I was really kind of blown away by the script, even from the sides, from the sides that I had for the audition. With Clementine, I've grown too. Over the, over the years, like she and I have really been through this process together and lived through and she has colored my life in a beautiful way and affected my life and, and I have hers, I think. I mean, I think my goal is always to, to bring justice and truth and life to, to what's on the page. So um, I, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I look at my characters like that. I think serendipitously the universe kind of connects us for a reason. And so she was definitely one of the greatest gifts.
0: I want to thank Angela for chatting with me. And I want to thank you for listening. You can follow Angela on Twitter at Angela Seraphia. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.